the contract was terminated um, and we went into a legal dispute unfortunately um, but anyway we, we settled on confidential terms and we moved on uh, that went on for quite a long time um, and that was kind of a year or two into uh, operating F45 and my, my, my vision was to to roll them out but once that was uh, kind of torn apart and um, that's when I kind of used the thing between my ears and I had a great experience uh, at, at running studios so I decided to create my own concept in unit. Right then, you're very welcome along to the latest episode of For Fit Sake, brought to you by FS Gyms. Uh, myself and Mike are joined by Unit founder and CEO Rob Smith. You're very welcome to the show, Rob. Hey guys, yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be talking to some local boys uh, in Ireland. So yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I'll, I'll start with that. So local, where are you based at the minute? Obviously, a bit of we, we don't do video usually for this, Rob. So uh, I'm in the Cully's old office, the little physio room. It's it's there's not much room to this side of me. It's very small. Mikey, I see you're in the actual office, but wh- where are you, Rob? I'm in my man cave here. I don't see much light, to be honest. I actually, I, I I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, I, I'm I like living out of a bag, to be honest with you. Uh, traveling to uh, each unit, I suppose. But yeah, I have a, our family are based in Portugal, uh, down in the Algarve. So don't feel sorry for me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be out there in a couple of about 10 days time for uh, Craig, one of the coaches here. Uh, his stag is actually in the Algarve in about 10 days. So we'll stay. Just let us know where you are and we'll stay as far away as is humanly possible yeah. for, for your sake. It's good for a stag. I tell you that. It's great. Great spot. Very good. Um, My stag there, Rob, already. So I've got some bad memories. I don't know if I want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It happens. So Rob, just what we usually kind of kick off the each episode with is just a little bit of chat about our training. So I know, Mikey, you have the half marathon is finally, we seem to be talking about this a lot at the minute. It's finally, this is the week it's happening, is it? I'm heading home to Limerick at the weekend and uh, bank holiday down there. It's a bit of a festival on, so it's a lot of stuff happening. Um, so I'm doing a half marathon on the Sunday. I actually said to Rory, Rory earlier on that I didn't even want to talk about it because I feel like we've talked about it on every podcast for the last <laughs> few months. Um but yeah, finally getting to do it on Sunday and then plan is going to get the full marathon done probably September, October this year. So that's going to train and plan. So tapering back a small bit, just focus on some upper body training uh, over the next few days, a bit of mobility and then just take a breather Friday, Saturday and hopefully be full of energy to go on Sunday morning. That's kind of the plan for the week. And we'll all be wishing you well. And Rob, for you then, obviously traveling a lot, what's what's that like? Because a lot of our clients and people listening to this would be in a similar situation to you there's a lot of travel well obviously it's different now with the kind of new world we live in but we would have used to have to do a lot of work with clients who train an awful lot for work and um you know how do you manage to to train stay fit stay engaged with your training while traveling so much yeah no it's a great question and it's a question i get asked a lot with with clients when i did more of a one-to-one uh with in personal training a long time ago um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, since since Unit has kind of gone into the, the franchising industry and we're, we're now in nine different countries, my kind of training has definitely uh, put, put to the side. So I'm basically just doing maintenance. Uh, I try to work out uh, four to five times a week. However, are they hour long? Definitely not. Uh, even if it's a 15 minute or a 20 minute run uh, or, or even a session, whether it's a a 30 minute uh, powerlifting session. That's what I would do. 
but to 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 put an hour an hour and a half aside especially with two young boys a wife a business it's it's tough uh, it is very tough but um i think more more on the mental side of things what to keep me mentally sane and mentally focused um like a 20 minute run for me is just it clears my head go for a swim in the sea no matter what sea it is if it's cold or warm just get in uh, flush out the cobwebs and you're ready for anything during the day uh, but when it co- i was quite um i would have been very like goal driven when it comes to like targets on bench press and deadlift and squat or even to do a a half a marathon or a marathon and under a certain time period. Um, and I haven't done that in the last uh, probably three to four years because I've been so focused on work. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but uh, I've definitely set my training target uh, aside when it comes to kind of a goal driven more so uh, that, that has uh, been pushed aside. Now, the area of being more business goal driven rather than kind of your own personal fitness milestones or strength milestones would that be right to say that um especially like as your family grows and you're kind of moving a bit more it's more kind of business goals you're probably sitting down to write down rather than yeah 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 for me when it like fitness goals for me is basically uh just to make sure i'm sharp for work um i tend to get up and go for a run i don't even like running it's nothing to do what it does to me physically but what it does to me on mentally, uh, I'm not a runner. And if I'm running, it's not going to be more than I've done a marathon. It was the worst thing. I hated it. I did it in New York. It was beautiful for the first 20 kilometers. And every kilometer after that was just like plodding along. Um, But it it, it was a a accomplishment. I enjoyed some of it. Um, But yeah, for me nowadays, it's just keeping my brain sharp. Um, and basically being able to attack work and obviously being there for family as well. I think that's really good to hear, Laura, because people often look at people in the fitness industry and think that, you know, to work in the fitness industry, everything is about your training. But, you know, and people often assume what we used to kind of get it at the very start when we opened the business. People just assume that myself and Rudds and Mike and stuff just sat around all day after we took classes or clients and we just trained and we had nothing better to do. But, you know, it's like, it's like any job. Obviously, we are very fortunate that we're based in a setting where it's very accessible. We can train, you know, we have access to equipment, to programs, to like-minded individuals to push us. But it's it's often there's, there's parts in people's lives who, you know, live the way we do, where work gets in the way, family get in the way. And it's okay to adapt your goals to allow you to just stay healthy and stay, like you said, mentally sharp during those periods. I think that's a really good thing for, for people to kind of look under the, the hood and see that it's not all you know we're not all like ruds where we we always have a very strict training plan and um, I, th- I think that's really important for people to know and to hear so that's that's cool yeah. thanks for sharing that yeah no definitely we are normal i may have 15 units globally but i don't train every day <laughs> put it that way <laughs> you know and you're kind of leaning towards that so with with the units like t- talk to us about your your career and sort of in a snapshot if you can how you got from where you started like you talked about one to one pt is quite a long time ago to where you are in a position where you're in nine countries with 15 15 units and you know a global fitness franchise yeah it was um yeah it's a, been a crazy journey and kind of going back to how i got into i've i've loved fitness like since i was the age of five being part of a team, whether it's football, rugby, anything to do with 
team uh, training and, and getting out and working for people beside you. I was just in. I was the guy looking out the window in school trying to get outside. Um, I wasn't necessarily the most academic person. I was more the practical person. Uh, give me a job and I'll do it. I, I wasn't one to sit in the classroom and kind of analyze a, a, a chalkboard in my day um, and and uh, kind of take in uh, knowledge that way. I loved just being uh, part of it. Um, and I thought a lot more on the job uh, or uh, then, then kind of sitting down and, and studying it. I've always wanted to get into fitness, but I, I did my whole anatomy and physiology and, and I did a personal training course back in 2003, a long time ago. Um, the whole exercise to music and step aerobics, I think they still do that. But um, we did that and, and I, I, I never really got into fitness straight after. I got into a family business in construction and more of a decorating uh, business in construction, which I hated. I just didn't like the way people treated each other in, in the construction industry. It's a very dog eat dog uh, industry. But what kind of uh, got the fire under my, uh, under my arse was going to Sydney. I went down to Sydney in like 2008 or nine, and I just could not get over uh, the, the demand to, to, to be fit and healthy down there. Like it was just incredible. Uh, everyone was running, everyone was on the beach, everyone was doing training. I was just, this was just amazing to see. And I got a job with a franchise down there called Vision and uh, for two years. And then I came back to Ireland uh, with so excited to bring this back and to what, what I, what I, what I uh, kind of the experience that I studied down in, in Sydney to bring it back to Ireland, which did quite well. Um, and I had no money at this stage, by the way, I was traveling with my uh, girlfriend around the world and we were very fortunate to go to kind of uh, 25 to 30 countries from South America around to China, Japan, uh, down through Southeast Asia, through Europe. Like it was an incredible um, experience for me. And while we did that trip, obviously big into fitness, I went to every single gym, group training facility commercial gym, uh, whatever it was, whether we were in a small little village in China, I would go to their local gym. Whether we were in San Francisco, I would go to their T-Rex uh, outfit. If we were in Bangkok, I would do Mai Thai training. So it was kind of like the whole holistic approach of training. And yes, I wasn't very academic or study, 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 but I would take notes after each session I would take. And I had a little booklet of like what was good and what was bad. And that kind of whole approach of, of going around the world and seeing all these different uh, fitness abilities and offerings kind of then created the unit style of training. Um, so when I got back basically to Ireland, uh, I hadn't a bean in my pocket. We were broke and it was, uh, I was always kind of self-employed. So I was always kind of like, well, what, what can I do? I didn't want to go work for a gym or, or a commercial gym. So I contacted hotels to see could I run their gym. So it was kind of like a, a best of both worlds where they had a gym. Most hotel gyms aren't great. Uh, and the main thing is they're not serviced. They're not run well. They just have a, a crappy machine in the corner and a few dumbbells and maybe sandbag or whatever. So I contacted a hotel to run their gym. They uh, gave me the green light and I set up Let's Train.ie, uh, which was my first kind of venture that did 
pretty well. We got like three coaches on under me, personal trainers, all all one to one. I didn't get break into the group training just yet. That was kind of self sufficient, and I went on to open up an, an events uh, business, uh, which operated the Rainbow Run down in Dunleary there, uh, which again did quite well. We had the guts of ten thousand people one year doing that, um, and that created some disposable income to be able to go on and do an, a bigger and bolder venture in London. And I always want, I was always quite driven to, to more is better, which isn't always the case, but I was always very self-motivated to do more and more and more. And don't get me, I was still very young at this stage, so I was still quite driven in what I wanted to do, but I always wanted to live in a big city. And London was the next city I kind of said, right, I, I've always liked London. I always thought it was quite an opportunistic city. And um, back in, so this is 2013, and I saw a brand that was doing quite well uh, down in Sydney uh, called F45. And I said, uh, I went down, met the boys, uh, the owners, and decided to bring F45, the first one to Europe uh, in London. Didn't go too well, um, unfortunately. Good, good product at the time, just under 10 years ago now. Uh, there was a breakdown of relationship uh, and um, they never basically honored a contract and basically the contract was terminated um, and we went into a legal dispute unfortunately um, but anyway we, we settled on, on confidential terms and we moved on uh, that went on for quite a long time um, and that was kind of a year or two into uh, operating f45 and my, my, my vision was to to roll them out but once that was uh, kind of torn apart, um, that's when I kind of used the thing between my ears and I had a great experience uh, at, at running studios. So I decided to create my own concept in unit. Um, and we opened the first unit uh, five years ago, actually, to this month. And we now, yeah, have blossomed into kind of 15 across the globe in nine different countries. So it's, yeah, it's just kind of a... I wouldn't say erupted. I'm a very grounded individual. I wouldn't be off with the fairies to say, yeah, it's been easy and it's been done that. It's been pretty full on. It's been a tough five years. That's amazing. It's uh, I remember, Rob, when we kind of set up the gym here, Let's Train 100 was kind of the, oh, yeah. that was something that we were, was that maybe like 2012, 2013 or, or maybe 2014 around then? yeah 2012 around that. 2012 yeah yeah so i remember like that was kind of that you know that even had a big buzz about it in dublin at the time so you obviously had you know good good reputation and that's like that's huge you can carry that with you and as much just to give you confidence i suppose coming back from when you were traveling that you know i've got a product that people people enjoy people people want to engage with and that probably ties into the community aspect of what unit is about you know i know your slogan is we train as one and it's very community-based so you know that's probably been the core of what you've been doing for certainly the better part of a decade now. Yeah, I think people see, like, if you're, if, if you're a master at your trade and you're passionate for what you do, that really goes a long way. And people see that. People see through people who are fake and not really into it and in, into it for the money. And I know you probably hear about this, but money and, 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 and uh, earning is much more, it's kind of secondary. What comes first is the love for your trade and what you do. And for me, it's, fitness and being part of fitness. I've always been, <clears throat> I love like going out and just people's endorphins, people's attitude change, like sitting behind a laptop for 12 or 15 hours a day. 
there's no joy in that. There's literally, no matter what anyone says, there's zero joy in that. Um, and I, I think just getting amongst it and uh, getting people involved in, in any form of training, it could be paddle, it could be tennis, it could be rugby, um, it's just great fun. And I, I think uh, bringing that to, to people and showing them uh, how to do it is, is, uh, is, is part and part of, of giving back, I suppose. Well, you talk about being practical and like in your own experience you talk about when you were a kid and don't worry, we had chalkboards too. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> that, but uh, you talk about being practical, like, and then you talk about they're sitting in front of a laptop is there's no enjoyment in that. What's that like when you're a franchise yeah. owner and now you don't get to be like, cause we don't get to be as practical as we used to be. And we only have, you know, like uh, three, three locations say, and you know, you're managing teams, you're dealing with, you've got a lot of stakeholders to keep happy. I'd imagine. Um, What's what's that like? Yeah, yeah, no, no you've hit the nail on the head. And if I'm, I'm, I'm very honest individual, if you know me, and I'll tell you now, I enjoyed my job more five years ago than I do now, and that's not something I, I, I actually think is a good thing. However, I'm going down a road where there's there's more risk, there's more demand. Puffy said, "A more money, more problems." You know, like it's 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 extremely demanding. Uh, and I'm I am sitting in front of a laptop twelve hours a day, and that's going back to how I said going for that run, making sure I'm mentally uh, focused is, is critical part to my daily lifestyle. Because if I'm not focused or or driven or in the right frame of mind. Um, not only am I going to be affected, but also the network and the franchising network. I am trying to change that. But to be honest with you, we're at such a crucial time of the business, be it five years. We're still a startup. We're still small fish in a franchising industry of 15 locations. 15 locations in franchising is tiny. So to get to that next level, we need to be very, very focused to, to get there. So yeah, 100%. Uh, sitting down in front of a laptop, is it sucks, man. I hate it. I'll ask you a bit about how the whole the franchise works. So what happens when someone comes to you and says, I want to set up a franchise. Um, who's involved in the setup? What, what's your role in the setup? And how does, I suppose, how does that candidate, whoever comes to you, prove themselves to you that they're the right fit for what unit has to offer and that they're going to fit into your ethos and your brand like what does all that look like i hope that makes sense to you but i'd love to know a bit about that yeah yeah you yeah, know absolutely so yeah the it's it's like a marriage like i'm t- I, I i talk to my franchisees more than i talk to my bloody wife it's literally everyday constant account support and it's it's really important that you, you're you're picking the right people now, we've turned down uh, selling a franchise to individuals that, yes, it's, it's important to be purely money-driven, but someone who's not uh, necessarily an operator and they're just studying the business model, that's fine. But who is their operator? Uh, you guys are fully aware that we're a service-driven business. Unit is obviously a product that we've refined and ironed out its creases, and but it, it needs to be delivered. I often go down the road of like this, a Subway franchise. Like a Subway franchise, you're, you're, the product is the, is the sandwich. Um, so when you go in and if it's delivered or if the person behind the counter is rude or they, they're not very nice or they don't say anything, it's not, it doesn't really matter as long as you get the product, which is a sandwich. So as long as the person makes it nicely, if they're rude, it doesn't matter. If they're not nice, that's fine. 
but I get the sandwich, it's the product. Where at unit, the product is how it's delivered. So yes, we have a great concept. We've got science uh, backing our programming. We've got phase training. We've got performance week. We've got challenges. Uh, we've got kind of um, leaderboard uh, competitions, etc. But it's how it's delivered. And that's, that, that is really, really important. So it all comes down to the people. So if I give someone a franchise that uh, are not up to, 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 to the, the quality where we want them, that's going to have not just an effect on unit, but it's going to have an effect on all the other franchisees. So it's really important that the operators are, are absolutely key. Um, so if, if someone comes to us, yeah, there, there's a serious amount of work that's, uh, that goes into it and um, that we, we, we look into, well, what, what, what can we do to, to make sure that the partnership works? And the other thing would be that we don't really market, um, which is, is mind-blowing because we've naturally grown to where we are today uh, with very little spend in marketing. Um, and that comes down to, firstly, us being in London, I think. I think London is such a multicultural city that so many people travel through London and it's obviously uh, flooded with all different types of boutique offerings unit and, and, and others um, and our, our client base or member base could be from 25 different nationalities and people who try the product who taste it they just love it and they're like oh this, this is going to work back in my city whether it's Munich whether it's Sydney whether it's Qatar Dubai Abu Dhabi and so on so um most of our franchisees uh, have tried unit and inquired. Like, that, like there's a very thorough process, which is really good to hear. And I suppose on top of that, then like that person comes in as a franchisee, um, they're bringing in their team underneath them and they're hiring their coaches. Is there a certain criteria that you would have like for you to more or less sign off on the people that are going to be working and delivering, like I know you used Subway example there, but that are actually going to be in the, on the floor delivering that service. Is there a spec that they would need to follow to make sure they've got like the best of the coaches in there and that you, you can rest assured that your service or your product is being delivered to the highest quality while it's happening wherever it may be in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality control for us is top of the list. Most franchises start in a cluster of say five in London and they grow outwards. Well, we've done the opposite. We've clustered outwards and are, are, are now generating more within London and, and, and so on. So people always ask me like, how do, you, how do you check in on someone in Dubai and Sydney and Qatar and Munich and potentially the US? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you uh, keep up on top of that? Because there's a few ways you can do it. And, and it also uh, helps the franchisee as well. Uh, which is a secret shopper. So a secret shopper would go in and they would go in as a, as a, as a normal uh, member and do a class and they come back out and they'll be like, well, I got a towel. The, the, the coaches were very nice to me. The water was hot. There was shampoo. There was conditioner there. And they'll, they'll get marked out of, say, a thousand. Um, and that will give us a, an understanding of how each location is offering. Um, now that's kind of spot check uh, on a quality control when, when we're bringing it back to operations on how coaches are, are kept up to, to speed um, they go through quite um, a vigorous mentorship week at London. So for instance, if, if uh, Dubai were opening up, which they are, they're opening up the third, they were just, they're just left today actually. So we're opening up a third in Dubai and they come to London 
for seven day mentorship week. Uh, and, and it's pretty intense. And they go through all sales, marketing, uh, operations, classes, uh, the, the ethos of units, what we're all about. And it's just seven days of pure, just so much information being thrown at them. That's, that's one thing to, to make sure that the, the coaches are, uh, are good and they're, they're, they're updated on what unit is. And then secondly, we're rolling out um, a kind of a level one, level two uh, course uh, so that coaches are just kept up to speed. And these are specific unit courses that uh, people will do them online and they'll be make sure that they're updated on our programming, anything new happening, any exercises are, are new or uh, when it comes to certain classes uh, and why we're following in the, the kind of uh, the, the training approach that we do. So that they deliver their sessions wherever it is uh, on a, on a five star level. And I, something that's interesting in that, Rob, you mentioned relationship um, a couple of times, like back when you were starting to say one to one. You also talked about it when you had the F forty fives in London. Like it sounds like you know everything in the fitness industry for us anyway. The way we coach is based on building relationships and rapport with people. The relationship doesn't have to be you know we're best friends, but it's built on you know, respect and that the clients understand these guys have my best interests at heart. Every coach at FFS is going to help me to become the strongest version of myself. And that's, that's what our relationships are built on. It sounds like you've taken a lot of your learnings and the basic core learning from the fitness industry, which is you have to build a relationship with your clients and really applied that to the, the franchise model. How do you protect that uh, with the learnings that you have going forward? Because, you know, it happened to you where you had a bad experience when you were a franchisee is is that a huge part of how you want to treat your franchisees and how you grow your business is is the relationship everything um and how do you how do you safeguard that as you continue to grow yeah yeah no that's a it's a good valid point um listen i've been burned so many times if you if you if you're running a business like i'm i'm still a kid in business i'm 37 and i've been always kind of self-employed but i've been burned so many times and I've lost money, I've uh, made money, I've fired people, I've hired people. Like you go through this whole journey uh, in business. It's in, and it's incredible. And I wouldn't change a thing because you learn from that. Um, just as long as you're not burnt too many times that it really puts you in a financial uh, uh, concern um, or, or an issue. Um, but when it comes to I think it all comes down to trust. At the end of the day, a contract, black and white on paper, means nothing. Um, yes, you need to honor it. Yes, you need to uh, uh, make sure that you're you're honoring the contract. They, at the end of the day, it comes down to trust. Um, and I believe that we have a system here in place that um, when we get an inquiry, they go through a step-by-step -step process. And I'm, I'm involved in all of that. And I'm involved with the last week of them potentially signing up. And I sit down, I talk to them like this. And I just straight out uh, have a chat. And it's very much a good feeling, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, and I have totally flipped uh, the franchising experience to how I was treated, to how I treat my franchisees. And it's all down to making sure that it's fair, and that people know exactly what they're getting in for. And at the end of the day, it's very much down to being communicative and, and talking. Like how I was treated was 
we don't want don't want to go into it but it was just like door closed uh, do x y and z or 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 else which is just the wrong way of doing it basically and you kind of have what's the advice you'd have i suppose if you're talking about you know being burnt and and kind of keep soldiering on to get to where you get to how do you bounce back from from experiences yeah. like that yeah it, listen i'm i'm not one to hold on to things um you live and let go one or two things have really eaten me up uh over the past but you 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 have to just work on yourself and just get on with it there's there's no need to be holding grudges or retaliating or vendetta just pull your socks on and get on with it because uh you need to focus on your own shit if you start putting your energy on someone else uh you're literally going to get nowhere so you're better off just trying to to I'm, I, that's that's what i'm quite good at i'm quite good at just muting out noise and just focusing on my own problems um but there has been one or two in the past uh, that have just took me a while to get over it uh, but th- there's no there's no special ingredient for that it's just to keep trucking on i think like i know if you focus on yourself i, I saw david goggins had a pretty good video on his um his Instagram the other day where he's basically saying exactly that. I don't know if you've seen it, but he's talking about like, you know, people who hold on to ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, they know what car they drive. They know what, where they live now. They know if they have a new partner, they have a new job. You know, if you hold on to that shit, uh, you can never live your life and you can never make yourself a better person and figure out why that previous thing didn't work because you're focused on it didn't work and not why it didn't work and then make make those improvements to yourself. So yeah, you should have a look at that video if you haven't seen it. It's pretty, um, obviously he swears an awful lot in all of his videos. Yeah, but, uh, he does, yeah. Yeah, you're just going to move on. People dwell on the past and they dwell on whatever's happened and they pity themselves and just move on. Man. It's, it's too it's short. Not, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's just not worth it. And then looking to the future, Rob, a couple of questions just from myself. Just what are they, have you any kind of plans in place now with, maybe more franchisees to expand into new countries or like I know you mentioned the US briefly earlier and a couple more locations in London. Um, but what are the kind of general plans um, for UNIS in the coming years? So, sounds like you're looking to pick up a franchise, Mikey. A lot, a lot of these questions <laughs> lean towards that. Is there something I, I'm not aware of here? <laughs> oh, I, I'm just keen. We're kind, of, we're, we're kind of looking backwards and talking about the present. I'd love to know what's going on in the future. Yeah, yeah. No, good question. Like, I, I, Listen, guys, you're in the same similar industry uh, uh, as I am and the last two years have not been pretty at all um, and we're, we're very uh, happy to say that we've grown during a global pandemic and a financial crisis uh, we, we, we sold eight franchises in two years which we really uh, give credit to the whole team at unit for that it's it's unbelievable and uh, like I'm sure you guys have been through it as well it's been some very difficult conversations we've had to have with, with certain individuals and so on and so on. But people kind of stuck together and they, they knew that the good times were, were yet to come uh, after uh, the last two years. But yeah, we've got we've got big plans to to, to crack on with, with, with the, the franchising across the globe. And our, kind of one of the big scalps is the US. Um, it's one of the, well, it is the biggest franchising industry over there. So that's something that we're trying to break into uh, it should have been kind of done in 2021, but obviously that was put on ice. Um, so hopefully, potentially this year uh, that we can get on U.S. soil and kind of have one unit uh, uh, um, prototype or 
location that we can kind of leverage off and push off from there. Um, I think it's really important to have, especially when you're cracking into a big market like that, to have your best team on ground. So whoever is going to be opening that is going to be, yeah, supported 110% uh, to make sure that the experience is, is five-star, if not better. And, and what's that like? You know, unfortunately, you can't have any of these conversations anymore without talking about the pandemic. Um, I won't go into the challenges that, that you've had because, you know, everybody who everybody's had their own challenges throughout that. So, like, what what do you think the current state of the fitness industry is? Not just unit, but, you know, like we're seeing you're seeing, for example, um, you know, large commercial operators in Ireland are closing 50 percent of their gyms. You're seeing small businesses go out of business. You're seeing more more pop-ups are happening in parks like it seems like the whole landscape is changing you'd have a very good handle on this globally you know what what way do you think the fitness industry is going generally yeah it's a it's a good question um and i don't think anyone has the answer to it or knows what's going to happen uh, but what i do know is that fitness is not going to go anywhere um and, and i'm talking specifically bricks and mortar uh, i know online has picked up dramatically over the last two years but there's there's no there's no uh there's no comparison to going to uh, a, a studio than to working in your sitting room it's i've done it <clears throat> we've we've promoted unit tv i wouldn't even do unit tv because i just didn't i don't see the sense or the logic in like i said sitting on a laptop for 10 hours and then moving two meters away and doing it's just it's nonsense it's it's silly it doesn't make any sense and people need to get out of an environment interact with people and go to a space whether that's a unit whether that's an ffs whether that's in the park it doesn't matter as long as it's not in their house uh, it just needs to be outside i believe uh, of their home where they where they work and, and have family i think we haven't seen the worst of it yet when it comes to uh, unfortunately, studios closing. Um, I know that's kind of doom and gloom, but again, I'm quite a, 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 a realistic, practical type of guy that specifically London, it's, it's flooded with all sorts of different boutique offerings, specifically in rowing, specifically in Pilates. Um, but I think people, the, the good will stay and the bad will kind of fall aside and, and unfortunately close um, and it's not nice to talk about this but that's just uh, the facts in life where if there's a big change in a society like what has happened in the last two years that um it's it's affected a lot of businesses and um, that's where i think we're, we're kind of going it is being sh shooken up but i do think there's a strong future in, in bricks and mortar studios and, and gyms before i kind of hand you over to mikey for his his becoming famous quick fire round at the end of the, the show. I think that's something we would do trips. You talked about traveling and different things. Certainly for me, like travel is a huge, it's a hugely valuable thing when you're looking at like setting up a business to, to come up with concepts. And like you said, it's see how things are done well, but also see how things are done poorly. So you really learn from that. So we would have done over, over the last couple of years, not obviously not recently, we would have gone to LA, we would have gone to uh, conferences over there and, you know, done three sessions a day in different gyms and spoke to owners, spoke to receptionists, spoke to people who make the smoothies, spoke to, to just clients in the gym just to kind of pick their brain. And we found it an incredibly beneficial experience. And most recently, we went to London uh, 2019, Mike, November, October. It was just before the pandemic, yeah. Yeah, November so, you know, 
we went over and we went to, I, I didn't go doing sessions in the unit there, but um, one of the guys did. And, um, you know, I, I think what stood out to us from that trip so recently pre-pandemic is the gyms that are the best that we saw were the ones that there were simple concepts that, you know, stand the test of time. And there were people who were incredibly passionate about what they do. It was really obvious when we went into a space that this coach really cares about the people in the class and what they're delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have, you can be really well organized. They can be really well run all those things that you have to have. Like you talk about the subway there, that's the bread, that's the lettuce, that's the sauce. They're the things that have to be there, but the taste is the passion that's delivered. And that comes from the people who own the business and, you know, making sure that the right people are in there. It comes back to the point you said at the start where profit versus passion. I think that's what will certainly help businesses stand the test of time over the, the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's being a master at your trade. I think you've heard it before that don't try to do everything, especially when you're trying to open a business, just be a master at that one thing and do it really well. Uh, and if you're a master and you, and you, you, you've passion for it, you could, you could do it. Rob, and I just suppose just before we wrap up, we just kind of a new addition to the pod this year is um, just a couple of quick fire uh, questions. Um, they're not too serious. We just want to give anyone, everyone who listens to the pod, just a bit of, bit more of an insight to the personality of yourself um, and everyone else we, we have on the pod every month. So feel free to take your time over these or just first thing that comes to your head, just shoot it back at me. It's, your call so i suppose first one is obviously you've mentioned the 15 locations was there any particular unit you're probably going to say the first one um that excited you the most that you knew it was coming it was going to open what was the most exciting one the one you're like almost butterflies in your stomach before the doors opened i think i think yeah the, the, the well my one was the first the second one out of out of london munich like that was someone wanting to take your baby and invest money into your your brand outside of of uh, the country where it was originated. That's pretty cool. And then actually going and going to their first session. Uh, yeah, it's um, goosebumps uh, time. It was, it was great. I've been feeling like your product, someone else putting yeah. that show for you almost. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, so second question, there's only four of these, so don't worry, it won't take too long. Um, second question is just, again, getting insight into personality. If you were to have the choice of absolutely anyone which three people would you invite to dinner at your house in portugal be cheesy here and say my wife <laughs> but uh, any, anyone at all anyone at all yeah you've got open pick uh, how many did you say four just three three yeah i'd bring um roy Keane would be one he just abuse you for the whole night yeah, though the- i think we'd abuse each other to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like his attitude. I like his like, I don't know, cracking the whip and get on with work. I, I quite like that attitude. Um, so I, I have a lot of respect for his uh, real rawness. Uh, I may not like him if I met him, but who knows? But he'd be, he'd be one I'd like to kind of have a chat with. Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger would be definitely up there. Um, he's gone a bit crazy the last few years with his age, I think. But he, he would be one that I admired massively when I first started getting into fitness. So I think he, he would definitely be up there for number two. And then the third would be, hmm, I don't know who the third would be. Let me have a think. This is where you get a real answer when someone goes into the depths and the, the recesses yeah. of their minds to pluck a name. The last final one, God knows. I think I'd only bring two. <laughs> 
I'd like to be the fourth person at that dinner table. Yourself, Schwarzenegger and Roy Keats. Yeah. Um, that would be a bit of fun anyway. Uh, so just two more questions, Rob. Then I suppose third question, slightly more serious, but who would you say has had the, the biggest influence on your career um, since you kind of started out? Ooh, that's a good one. It would have to be, it would have to be advisors. Uh, and, and that would go down to my my father-in-law and my father who are two entrepreneurs the two of them had to work to the nail to where they got and their work ethic their resilience determination to to get to where they are today i don't think anyone in today's world or industry would be able to handle um especially back in the 70s and 80s where it was just brutal and tough to even like we we've got so many things at our fingertips to to look up stuff like even a legal term or clause you just click it into google and off you go and they had to go into the library and do all sorts of stuff so every business and i'm sure you guys are the same every business especially a startup you don't you're going into a blind you don't know what vat is you don't know what uh, corporation tax is What's a limited business? It's, it, it is nonsense, all to you. And then when, when, when you have that person beside you who has been through all that um, and, and got out to the other side with a few scars, mind you, and how who have been burned, that is priceless uh, to any young businessman. Um, so I would have to say those two, um, because like I said, if you're unsure of something, you just pick up the phone and, and have a chat. So they, they would definitely be... Uh, top of the list when it comes to that thanks for that rob and then the last one then is i suppose it might this this question may have come from one of those two people but what's probably been the best advice that you received um throughout since you kind of started out um the best advice um to get a good lawyer and a good accountant those are the kind of the like i kind of didn't really take that personal at the start I was a bit like no truck on with it but those two have a very valuable uh, influence on your business Um, and yes I've been through a bit of a dispute in the past uh, and it's not a very nice one because I've been a little bit I've become to be very hard uh, in business thick-skinned if you will and probably quite naive at the start um, which has led to me not to trust anyone, which is, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but you have to go into business not trusting anyone, but making sure that you're not going to do something silly. Uh, and and if, you, if you trust everyone, you hopefully you have good uh, uh, partnerships and, and a good, uh, good network uh, when it comes to that. Really good stuff there again, Robin. Again, just to reiterate, the last part there is just to, kind of get a bit more of an insight into you as a person for everyone that's going to listen to this episode. So yeah. I'll hand it back to Rory to wrap it up. Yeah, I think like it's it's just so funny because I like, see so many parallels and, you know, obviously we're on very 
you know, different path at the minute, but like, you know, I see so many parallels in the advice you've been given and the kind of mentors that you've had in your career and myself and Mike, I saw us both having a little glance at each other, Mike, with the uh, solicitor and accountant advice. It's uh, the first, you know, trying to scramble after a year's worth of uh, business for for our first proper set of tax returns was very interesting. But uh, look, Rob, I think there's so much in this for, you know, people who are just into their training, people who are, you know, fitness entrepreneurs, people who are trying to start out in the business and they can take so much from it. And I think um, your journey, like you said, it's been a crazy journey. And I think it's, you know, from following you and following your career so far, it sounds like it's at a really exciting point and it's hopefully going to kick on to the next level. So just a big kudos as well for everything you've done throughout the pandemic and, you know, harnessing that sense of community and only with your members and adapting to offer them things, but growing your community of franchisees as well. You seem to have done an amazing job at that. So just a a huge well done and we couldn't wish you more success in the future yeah you know guys really appreciate it and um yeah return the the offer that you guys are doing a great job and yeah hopefully we can meet up again in, in person next time and, and do a session we'll see you in two weeks for the session of all sessions <laughs> <laughs> good stuff guys thanks for your time rob have a great day yeah, cheers guys. excellent thanks very cheers. much